0: This program is brought to you from Wisconsin Eye's Margaret Farrell Studio.
1: This week on Rewind, your week in review. Early voting is underway in the battleground state, which means campaigns are bringing in reinforcements to energize voters to the polls, what their message is to supporters. Plus, a decision has been made. Clerks cannot cure missing address information on absentee ballot envelopes. And we dive into the Attorney General's race after both candidates hold their final debate before Election Day. All this and more on Rewind, your week in review for October 28th. Hi, I'm Emily Fannin.
0: And I'm J.R. Ross.
1: J.R. Ross, this this was the kickoff of early voting. Mm -hmm. So we got the candidates out and about, we got the bus tours, we got the high profile surrogates out and about. Everyone's really trying to energize their base because as we know, a lot of people are saying this election is going to come out to turnout. You know, there's a still maybe that few of undecided voters, but it's really bringing out the people to the polls. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the numbers a little bit of how many people are actually taking advantage of this option. But with that, we had a lot of candidates out on the campaign trail. Like I mentioned, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, uh, uh Senate candidate Mandela Barnes, Tony Evers, Michaels, uh, everyone was out and about, um, on Tuesday. Uh, specifically Ron Johnson held a event in Milwaukee that I want to highlight because typically Republicans like the traditionalist of going in on election day and voting. But this year, Johnson had a little bit of a different message. He is encouraging his supporters to vote early and then become poll observers because we know there was a lot of skepticism after the 2020 election. So they want to have a little bit more bodies, a little bit more eyes on the process this time around. Let's take a listen to Johnson uh, relaying that message to supporters and then we'll dive into the numbers of absentee ballots
2: this year we're asking republicans to vote early our effort will be obviously focused on people that we know are going to vote if you've already voted we don't have to spend any time contacting you and bugging you quite honestly so if you go vote early we'll know that and we can turn our attention to republicans that we maybe have to coax to the polls you know give them a little little more encouragement we got to win this election there's just no doubt about it i mean the, the What, what Democrat policies, what Democrat governance has done to the state, what it's done to our country, is, it's almost hard to describe, it's difficult to describe. And so, I'm asking all of you, and quite honestly, anybody listening to me, regardless of past party affiliation, if you love this country, if you love this state, and I think the vast majority of Wisconsinites and Americans do, I'm asking everybody, join us. Join us in healing and unifying and saving Wisconsin and saving America.
1: So you heard Johnson's message there. Uh, he said roughly about 5,000 poll workers have been recruited by the Republican Party this year. Those are significantly much larger numbers than past elections, um, and also just really telling people like, hey, if you vote now, you can have min- another pair of eyes at the polls. Um, as we've mentioned too, ever since you know Trump started making mis- misleading claims about what happened in 2020, that a lot of Republicans, uh, I guess, raising concerns about the whole process. Let's bring up the numbers though. Of uh, these numbers are as of this uh, Thursday is uh, how many people voted. The numbers are updated every day on the Wisconsin elections page at 9 a.m. So here's how many people voted in person over 93,000 people cast a ballot in person. That is different from if you got sent an absentee ballot. So the ballot sent you see there, that number there, those are about 397,000 have been returned. People still, of course, have time to return those ballots. Um, but, you know, these numbers are gonna be a little bit different, JR, from comparing to 20, 2018 numbers because uh, people had an extra few weeks to vote. You were allowed about a month to vote early compared to you know 2020 and now 2022, it's only 10 days out.
0: So I'm holding off on doing like direct comparison of 18 to 22 until maybe like early next week, once you get like week out to see number of AFSI ballots requested and returned. There have been some questions raised about the return rates, are they lagging where they were before? But again, because we have less of a window of of early in-person voting, people have to mail it back versus showing up to vote. That's gonna be a little bit different. What I'm watching are gonna be, are we going to have a absentee ballot universe larger than 2018? Those are banked votes. We are not gonna be like a 2020 where two million absentee ballots are cast, right? But what is the interest in this election in 2022? We keep talking about everybody's engaged, everybody's jazzed up. Uh, The Marquette poll had enthusiasm roughly equal, maybe a little bit of edge to Republicans. Um, so what's going to look like? And, you know, again, what's banked for people? Democrats tend to vote absentee more than Republicans do. So got to look and see Dane and Milwaukee counties. How are they doing? Are they returning their ballots at uh, the clip that you'd expect or you'd like to see for a Democrat? And you know, do the surrogates matter? Do they come in and actually get people excited to vote, or are these just kind of like sideshows the real...
1: Yeah, and we're going to get to touching on the circuits just in a little bit. Uh, We want to give kind of our viewers a little bit of an update on absentee ballot uh, addresses. It's called curing a ballot. There was a Dane County Circuit Court judge that rejected an attempt to allow absentee ballots that do not have a complete address to be counted. Now, that judge argued changing the rules less than two weeks before Election Day would cause confusion. We've talked about this before. Judges typically don't like to make these decisions. I mean, the Supreme Court is a whole different issue there. I mean, it really just depends. The trend has been becoming a little bit different, that judges are making last-minute changes. This specific judge did not want to, um, to not cause that confusion. But this is all uh, about what we've talked about the show plenty of times. If you're missing just the WI or if you forget to put your zip code and you've already sent to that clerk, now it's on the clerk's job to contact you before Election Day to come in and fix it or they'll try to send it back. But we're really running out of time with the USPS so uh, time to get it there.
0: Two things are defined in state law. What is an address and what is complete? So the Elections Commission is given guidance, which is it is a street number, street name, municipality. Long as you have that, according to the Elections Commission, that is you know sufficient. The problem is guidance, as we talked before, is not law. You have guidance, you have rules, which have the weight of law, and you have law. What I'm getting at is clerks could say you are missing a zip code, I don't have to accept this ballot. You have to fill it out before I'm gonna take it. I'm saying could, because there's not a clear definition in law that requires you to accept that ballot or not. Why is that important? Let's say we get to past election day. The clerk in Madison has said they are going to accept ballots that don't have a zip code on it. As I've said before, if it's a 21,000 vote margin in the governor's race, for example, and there are 22,000 absentee ballots in Madison lacking a zip code, there will be a lawsuit. Now, I'm not predicting that, I'm not hoping for that, but I'm trying to explain the stakes of what's going on here and why this isn't important. And what the plans were asking for was really, if you had any information in there about your address, it should be enough. Well, should it be enough to just have your street name on there, is that enough? You you couldn't get it delivered? If I put down my name and the street that I live on in Madison and that was it on the envelope, it's not getting there, is that a complete address? That's a challenge. There's no definition of complete in state law.
1: And this is one of the several lawsuits that have been going on specifically regarding absentee voting. And either we've had a decision and mostly them have been kind of leaning towards Republicans. We're going to get to another issue of ballot spoiling a little bit later in Stock Picks to explain that to people. Um, Speaking of the high profile surrogates that we mentioned earlier in the show, let's just show of just how many faces are coming up on this slide. As you can see, I'm not going to read them all off, but you know, I think the biggest one there is a little bit in the middle, uh, former President Barack Obama coming back to Milwaukee um, and he's going back to the same Exact school in Milwaukee, North Vision High School. He was there, and eight years ago, he was there in 2018 in the lead-up uh, election of the governor Evers uh, against uh, former governor Scott Walker. And you know what? The, what what? what Democrats are really trying to do here um, is really energize non-white voters Mm -hmm. because the Milwaukee suburbs in Milwaukee and in general, the city has kind of been lagging um, in that key demographic. If you look back at the MU poll from 2018, more people were enthusiastic to go out and vote when compared to the MU poll polling those same demographic of students, it's only about like 36%. So that's what they're trying to target here. Will it make a difference, right? That's the big Mm -hmm. question here. And look how many people are already voted. But I think it's more about turnout, right? You go, maybe you attend one of these rallies, then you go home and. You know, tell your cousin up north to go vote, or you're sitting down at dinner and say, hey, have you voted, by the way? I think that's kind of the what, what could work for, for Democrats and also Republicans. Um, before we dive more into that, JR, I forgot to toss to our video. Elizabeth Warren was on the UW-Madison campus, of course, really focusing on students there. And at the same time, Virginia Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin was hosting a rally for Tim Michaels in Waukesha, and then they later had held the same event in Green Bay. You can kind of hear both of their messages here to their supporters. So let's take a listen.
2: When you think about moving forward, you think about moving forward as a group. You think about moving forward in order to right wrongs. You think about moving forward when, in fact, your governor is trying to take you back. It's time to go make a change. But the reality is that spirit of Wisconsin that's, is trying to get squished out. is trying to get squished out by Tony Evers because he believes he knows best He's not going to leave it to you in Wisconsin to make these decisions because he wants to make them. And that can happen like that. And when you begin to see that spirit of Wisconsin be put to the vote, I vote for Wisconsin and I believe that Tim Michaels is going to vote for Wisconsin. That's what you deserve. This is a fight. This is a big fight. This is a monumental fight for the future of Wisconsin and the future of our
1: nation. Mandela, Tony, and Josh are our last line of defense. Wisconsin, America turns to you. And when there is this much at stake, we can whimper, we can whine, or we can fight back. Me, I'm in this to fight back. Fight
2: back. I'm fighting back. So is Mandela. So
0: is Tony.
1: So you heard some of the surrogates there. Plenty more to come. But JR, I think there's one person missing on our slide that is still a big question mark whether he's coming back to the Badger State.
0: So Donald Trump, uh, he announced this week, stops November 7th, November 6th, November 5th, and November 3rd. Uh, There is a closing window of opportunities for him to come to Wisconsin, and quite frankly, the Michaels campaign doesn't want him to come back. Um, Yes, they used the endorsement in the primary, which helped them significantly. It's a different electorate right now, right? The last thing they want to do is have Donald Trump show up in Waukesha and remind college-educated suburban women about his connection to Trump at a time when Michael's getting beat up about sexual harassment claims against his company, Michael's Corporation, and the abortion issue. Now, if Trump were to come, you'd want him to go up to Wausau or Eau Claire, kind of more like fertile territory for Trump supporters, do it up there, but I think they'd like to keep him at arm's length through the election. With Obama, you know, the question is, okay, here you have a high pro, this is like a former president, right? What can he do? Uh, he came to uh, Madison, uh, the Madison campus, uh, October of 2010, didn't help Tom Barrett, he so lost to Scott Walker. My point has been about these turn operations, these visits, you can't change the environment. So a turn operation is good for one or two points, it's not good for five to ten. What I want to know is what's the environment going to be like on November 8th? Polling has been all over the place. Yeah. I saw a poll this week that had it 50-49 in the Senate race between Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes. Another one had it five points in Johnson's favor. What's the real spread? I don't know if I trust any poll, which is why I always say about polling, it's a snapshot, look at the trend, not the top lines necessarily. But if you look around the country, um, House Democrats are pulling out of like, races and going to ones that are like, plus like 12 Biden seats. There's our polls suggesting that the New York governor's race is going to be close, or not like dead even, but like within four or five. If Democrats are eking out a win in New York in the governor's race, Democrats in Wisconsin are in a for a long night on Election Day. But I don't know if I believe that poll out of New York, that it's a four or five point race, right? Because the polling has been so all the map about what's going on. What I'm getting at is, yeah, it's great these guys are coming but they have to have an environment where they can g- grab the enthusiasm and help turn it into people voting. If it's gonna be a plus five Republican night, on election night, Barack Obama's not gonna matter. If it's a plus one night and you can get enough people in Milwaukee, the black community get jazzed up, because let's be honest, what's their enthusiasm? What, what's Tony Evers' attraction? What, how does he excite the black community in Milwaukee? Does he? Um, Barack Obama has had, obviously, a different story first black elected black president. Milwaukee turned out more in 12 and 8 than it did in 16 and 20 for a reason, because there was a re- Barack Obama inspired them. Is there an inspiration for Mandela Barnes, right? He's from Milwaukee, but he's kind of viewed as a little bit of like a Dane County progressive candidate at times. It's an interesting dynamic. So I'm kind of watching to see what uh, impact Obama can have. And two, does Trump come in and throw things up in the air a little bit in the final days.
1: And it's important to note you mentioned Obama's visit on UW-Madison campus in 20, 2010 he wasn't as well-liked back then. He's obviously become yep. much more popular since he's left the White House. And then on the other hand, Trump uh, with Trump' possible visit, what I'm hearing from other states and other operatives is that if he does come here, he's likely going to talk about his false claims that the election was stolen. Yeah. That could possibly, of what I'm hearing from some other Republican strategists, that could maybe hurt Republican yeah. turnout.
0: I guess is still Trump doesn't come, but yeah. you, just gotta, you can't rule it out to the You really end. can't, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you can't control what uh, statements he puts out too, right? Um, Let's uh, focus on Tim Michaels for a little bit. Um, Just a little bit of news this week. He held an event on Monday talking about paroles. We know. We've seen the ads. It's been consuming this race. He's been criticizing Governor Evers for releasing, quote-unquote, violent criminals. There have been a lot of people that have had a really bad, have committed brutal crimes and have been released by the parole commission, but the governor has absolutely no discretion over those decisions. He only appoints the chair. Now Michaels is saying well, he no longer wants to halt or Pause paroles, but instead is advocating to appoint the chair of the paroles commission, whose goal is not to reduce the prison population. That's another thing that uh, Michaels has been slamming Evers for because mm-hmm. he made a commitment when he was elected in 2018 to kind of shave the prison population in half, and Michael says he's well on his way. But those are kind of two very different, you know, uh, avenues of how people get out and how people are released, and who's control of the parole commission.
0: Yeah. So another example where Michaels is trying to refine his message. He is a challenger, not the incumbent. He doesn't have a record to run on other than his company. Um, He's trying to run on his promises. Here's a promise that he has kind of massaged as we've got closer to election day.
1: And of course, it focuses on crime, Mm -hmm. which has proven to be a little bit successful for Republicans in energizing their base. Um, Also, let's get to the Attorney General debate that we were both panelists on uh, between Attorney General Josh Call and Republican candidate Eric Toney. It was held at the Wisconsin Bar Association and hosted also in partnership with News 3 Now, uh, a Madison news station here. at times, there was a lot of testy exchanges. Mm. Um, of course, we know the issues that were kind of consuming this race with DOJ staffing positions, the issue of abortion, who's gonna prosecute it. Um, but really, I thought the overall theme was call defining himself. Here's my record. Here's what I've done to protect communities. And Tony really uh in a lot of bows, blows, mm. at call for staffing and other certain things. Let's just kind of listen to one of those testy exchanges about them kind of defining their record.
2: Our crime-fighting budget would invest tens of millions of dollars, in fact, over $100 million total, in public safety. Our AG needs to be a leader in fighting to get those resources to law enforcement and to communities across the state of Wisconsin. But my opponent has been unwilling to stand up to Republicans in the legislature, call on them to increase shared revenue. I hope he does that today. He hasn't called on them to make the kinds of investments I proposed in my Safer Wisconsin plan. We also need to pass some common sense gun safety legislation. We need to
0: give our Attorney General's office original prosecution authority over Milwaukee County. I've sat across from enough parents that have had to bury their child, including those in Milwaukee who have no idea who's murdered their children. We need an Attorney General that's gonna be serious. People don't feel safe in their homes. They don't feel safe in their vehicles. They won't let their kids go to parks because they're afraid of stray bullets. And he's cut resources, making it more difficult for law enforcement and prosecutors across Wisconsin. We need someone that's gonna actually take action, not give it lip service. If you're gonna enforce it,
2: I would encourage you to enforce it both ways.
1: Jar, one of the kind of news, newsy things that came out of this is that when I asked Tony about uh, abortion, uh, he was in a PBS interview a few weeks ago, saying that he wants to have DAs cross county lines to prosecute abortion cases if that DA says they're not going to. When I asked him that question yesterday, he kind of reversed his tone and said, well, no, 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 that's not what I was saying. Here's my clarification. So that was kind of interesting of how he kind of flopped, but he also said he was kind of clarifying his stance, even though he is in an interview saying that that's what he wants.
0: Yeah, uh, really looking at this, Tony's on the offensive a little bit more than Call was for good reason. Uh, Tony doesn't have the resources to be up on the air the way that Call is. We've talked about this race. I don't know if either of these two gentlemen can break through the clutter of the U.S. Senate campaign, the race for governor, with the paid media going on. The spending is heavily in Call's favor. I don't know if it's enough, though, to create a unique identity for Josh Call beyond the generic ballot. So it could be if there is a good night for Republicans, Tony wins, Tony Evers wins. Josh Collins. That could be as simple as that. Um, if either is going to create that unique identity, it's probably Call because he has the resources to do it, whereas Tony does not. So Tony has to try and get as much earned media as possible. why he is going all over the place, you know, all kinds of news conferences to allege that DOJ has these vacancies, which call disputes the numbers that um, Tony keeps using to say there's a backlog of this Internet crimes against children uh, segment of the DOJ. Uh, That's operation. still a mystery,
1: right? We don't know if there is a backlog. Call's not saying so, but Tony is claiming there is one.
0: Yeah, because he's so. got to try and get he's got, right, earned right. media mm-hmm. to get out there and get his name out there. But the reality is people don't see those stories as much as they see the ads. I'm not sure it's going to break through or not. All right, let's get to
1: stock picks. Derek Van Orden, uh, he is looking pretty good this week because he's rising, in a sense because Democrats are pulling a lot of money out of that race.
0: There are a couple things going on. One, so the House Majority Pack began pulling out uh, a week and a half ago. They cut their ad by the two weeks laid down, $1.7 million, cut the first half down. They finished pulling the second half now. Two, Van Orden outraised uh, Brad Path in this most recent reporting period. Numbers are from October 1st to the 19th. It wasn't a huge disparity in fundraising, but Van Orden outspent Path significantly. And that's important because Path has basically been left on his own by the national groups in this race, he doesn't have the resources to try to push back against uh, Van Orden in the final days. Uh, Another rating service, Cook made this a likely Republican seat versus lean Republican. Like, you know, in talking to Democrats, they are incensed that Van Orden could be the next congressperson from Western Wisconsin because they think he's an insurrectionist. They find him to be an unappealing person. There's a, a prayer breakfast he spoke at where he said that leftists can't be Christians. Uh, These are the kinds of things that kind of make, they go, this is disqualifying as a candidate. Republicans see a guy who has worked his tail off, work in the district, um, and is playing to their Trump base and is a quote-unquote fighter. That kind of fits what that base is looking for. You know, for PATH to have a chance still, you need lacrosse to overperform, which is where the state senate seat is from. You would need the college campuses, Platteville, lacrosse, Eau Claire, to really overperform. Maybe, but... We're just not seeing it. And there was a, a, a group that went in and spent about more than half a million dollars on an ad campaign about Ben Orton and January 6th, right? My experience is when groups do that, they pull before the ad runs. They run the ad, they pull afterward. If there's significant movement, one of us sees a poll saying, hey, there's a chance. It's been radio silence from that group since they ran that ad. They've not gone back in. The House of Repack has pulled out. That just tells you something that's going on in that race. That Van Orden looks like in very strong position to become the next congressman from the third congressional district.
1: And there's been this whole issue of them not having a debate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it. Derek Van Orden doesn't even see the avenue to even have one. I think that's why he declined to have one. But also, that's you know, puts that. Put his, puts him at a disadvantage or puts path at a disadvantage because he can't have those yeah. moments of here's what you did on january 6 and you know kind of releasing his record if, out to the public if
0: that race ends up being a couple of points difference democrats can kick themselves up and down the block for not investing more now i'm not saying it's going to be it's a plus five trump district it's hard to break through that dynamic in a when you're talking about democrats investing in plus 12 biden seats you know why they're not investing in an open seat that's plus five trump
1: all right, and mixed this week, Ron Johnson.
0: So it's interesting, um, the environment seems, seems, right, Yeah, going toward Republicans. Johnson seems to be have an edge in the polls, though it mixed bag, take the polls for what they're worth. But the national narrative has been that Johnson is in control in this race. There's this kind of weird, kind of like nervousness among some Johnson backers about money. And there's a good reason for it. Mandela Barnes outraised Ron Johnson three to one over 19 days. I mean, Mandela has been a phenomenal fundraiser. It is unlike anything I've ever seen before from a federal candidate from Wisconsin. Um, And he's using that to go up on the air. In the last month of the campaign, five weeks of the campaign, it is pretty even in terms of spending. Mandela and his allies were outspent dramatically post-primary through like, you know, mid-late September. That is reversed. It's now actually a small edge for Democrats. But as we talked before, can that change the trajectory of the race? Oh, by the way, As this is happening, we're seeing Pennsylvania become more of an attractive race, Arizona more of an attractive race. So six years ago, Ron Johnson was left for dead by groups. They then kind of came back late because a couple of groups stuck around, helped him stay afloat. He got his legs under him, uh, got up on Russ Feingold, and all of a sudden at the end, it was like a rush of money going into Wisconsin. Now it's going to Pennsylvania, it's going to Arizona. So there's kind of this nervousness of like, hey, don't forget about us guys. You know, We're still a 50-50 state here. Same time, you know, I looked at a report last night. Uh, Diane Hendricks, we talked about last week, oh, right. mm-hmm. added 3.1 million more to Wisconsin Truth Tech, 19 million from her alone to that pack this cycle to help Ron Johnson. The money is there. All the money that Mandela's raised, what do you do with the last couple of weeks? There's so much paid media. You can only do so many phone calls, run so many ads, there's only so much space to take up. How to use that money in the closing weeks? We shall see. But there's just this little bit of a kind of, okay, let's not let's, let this get too close because if it's a 51-49 Senate race, you can see a scenario in which Tony Evers beats Tim Michaels with this independent on that ballot. The only many ticket splitters we used to have in Wisconsin. Right. There's still some. If, and I'm just throwing numbers out for a heck of it, if Ron Johnson wins by five points, that's an awfully hard hill for Evers to climb the Senate and the governor's race because we don't have that many ticket splitters. But again, 5149, the math is there. So as a Republican, you want to make sure they don't take the the gas in the Senate race because it trickles down to the governor's race. Oh by the way, if Mandela pulls this off, it'll be like one of the biggest comebacks oh. we've seen., yeah. so don't discount that yet because in the polls, I see what they say, I'm not sure what to trust just now.
1: Right, and there's going to be another poll uh, coming out yes. next week as well, uh, the Marquette Law School poll, and plenty of other national polls too that will be weighing in on this race. Uh, falling this week is clerks because of more uh, back-to-back uh, court decisions. Clerks. I mean, you got you got to feel their pain because they're having to really change a lot of things at the very last minute and specifically what we do want to mention is there is going to be a Wisconsin elections committee or a meeting excuse me at 1230 this afternoon specifically talking about curing or spoiling ballots mm-hmm. excuse me now I'm getting confused <laughs> between the two different rulings spoiling ballots is basically after you vote you can't go ask to go void that ballot after you already cast
0: it Yeah. so the Dane County judge didn't change the rules about what constitutes an address but this other decision that came down three weeks ago had been on hold for this entire time because it was appealed. That said, you can't turn in your absentee ballot, change your mind essentially, tell the clerk I want to spoil my absentee ballot and vote for somebody else. The appeals court it was really complicated. It was appealed, but they wanted it. The Democrats moved to the Fourth District Court of Appeals, which is more of a liberal court than the Second District based in Waukesha. It was moved. That decision was appealed by the Republicans we want it heard in the Second District Court of Appeals. The state Supreme Court said we're taking over for a while, we're gonna weigh what we're gonna do. The Supreme Court said on Wednesday, okay, is it it's should be back in the Second court of, District Court of Appeals. They moved it back there. The next day, the people says we're not taking this case. And finally, Judge Brad Schimmel's decision goes back into place at three o'clock this afternoon. So after three o'clock today, you can no longer spoil your ballot and change your mind if you can re- vote it absentee. Okay, great, that's one less thing on the docket. As we talked before, there's lots of gray area about election administration right now. Oh, by the way, there's a story in Politico this morning about John Eastman, part of the whole like Trump stop the steal stuff, advising poll watchers in Arizona, New Mexico. I'm sorry, that they should be documenting challenges, basically teeing up an avenue to challenge the votes of people post-election and potentially cause havoc. We have. A number of people who are convinced the 2020 election was stolen and that there was something fishy at the polls. There is a angst among poll uh, observers about what's going to happen at places like Milwaukee, which is where there is this great suspicion. Some would say definitely not justified, but whatever, Um, it's there about how things are run. That there's going to be problems at the polling sites. It could be a real problem for clerks. And oh, by the way a lot of them are leaving. A lot of the election officials are leaving because they don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. It's been a very trying time for them. So after a while, you just have to say, man, God bless you for what you're doing. <laughs> right,
1: right. And and we've seen it You know, ever since 2020. I mean, it's just nonstop, it seems like, these lawsuits that we're seeing here in Wisconsin. And you know, we're also seeing Senator Ron Johnson also kind of advertise a website that's on his campaign website, say, hey, if you see anything suspicious, report it, we'll vet it. And if there's thousands of them, then they'll maybe do something with those uh, reports. But it really just remains to be seen. But I think everyone, clerks, or at least political reporters and clerks are kind of bracing for some type of suspicion to, or whispers or rumors to go on on election night also could be happening in Milwaukee as well, because they're very highly criticized of how they do it. They also can't start counting all their yeah. absentee ballots until election day, which takes a long time. I will note that I did talk uh, to the Milwaukee County clerk, uh, and they have made a lot of improvements. They have a lot more technology that can count ballots quicker. It's even the simplest things, an envelope opener, mm-hmm. that they can automatically do it, because that also could be really tricky. The the type of paste they were using a few years ago was like cement trying to remove it. So it's just my things that they believe by 11. They're already making estimates that they'll have everything done by 11. I'll hold my breath. I think we all hope everything will be counted by 11, but it remains to be seen.
0: Unless there's a decisive result, like in the hours of November 8th or early November 9th, we are teed up to again see election day turn election week or mm-hmm. election month or election months if there are legal challenges.
1: Be patient. Yeah. All right, that will do it for this week. I'm Emily Fannin.
0: And I'm Jr. Ross. Thanks
1: for joining us. We'll see you next week.
0: This program was brought to you from Wisconsin Eye's Margaret Farrow Studio.